Hey, the internet, how's it going? Welcome to the first episode of uh, Disney Plus plus Ben plus Dan plus King plus Kodos. Uh, working title, I don't know, who knows? Maybe that'll be the title, I don't know. Uh, it, I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, so the whole reason I started the whole Disney Plus plus Ben plus Friends podcast was to stay in contact with friends. And I saw Disney Plus as this platform that had a lot of content with uh, a, a wide appeal. And one of my favorite things that's on Disney Plus, we just haven't talked about at all yet. And that's The Simpsons, which is one of my favorite intellectual properties ever in the history of intellect and property. And uh, <laughs> I I can't believe we've gone this long without, but like, I just haven't found the right angle for it. And so as I have attempted to find a way to turn Disney Plus plus Ben Plus Friends into a weekly podcast, I've tried to come up with some creative formats that, you know, I, to be frank, I can't keep up the pace of doing a, a 90 minute conversation of a movie every single week and editing it and all that jazz. And so, uh, I think that this is going to be a recurring spinoff, uh, so to speak, which is uh, me and I, I'm going to be connecting. I'm about to introduce him, uh, one of my oldest best friends in the whole world who might be the only person I know who likes The Simpsons even more than I do and who has seen it even more than I have. So I'm, I'm really excited to introduce to you the co-host of Disney Plus, plus Ben, plus Dan, plus King, plus Kodos. Kodos! Uh, just kidding, of course. Uh, it's Dan. It's Dan Forster. Uh, Dan was on the episode four episode way back in May that we did. And uh, so, Dan, welcome to the podcast that I, I, yeah, how's it going? Hello, it's good. <laughs> yeah, way back in May, six years ago uh, it, on 2020 time when we recorded that it one. does feel, <laughs> when I said that, I was like, May, that it truly, like, I know that it's getting to be like a real cliche, but that actually does feel like a full yeah. year ago. Now, I was thinking about it before we recorded. I was like, oh, I'll need them to kind of remind remind me of the sort of rundown of the show because it's been so long since we did the Star Wars one. And then I was like, wait, that was still like, like, like five months pandemic ago. quarantine, like yeah. current. And I was like, no, that was like last summer. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> it is endless. It is endless. So, uh, Dan, I don't know. This is kind of like the prototype episode of this. Maybe, maybe if um, after this, we'll we'll talk and we'll figure out some better segments to do for this one. Uh, but basically, me and you, every now and then, maybe like once every six weeks or so. So we're just going to talk about uh, one of our favorite episodes of The Simpsons. And t tonight, we're talking about two of our favorite episodes of The Simpsons because it's October and it's Halloween time. And The Simpsons have, I just think, bar none, the greatest Halloween specials of yes. all of Western fiction. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, the Treehouse of Horror specials, they're just, they're just so perfect. And we are going to be talking about, uh, you handpicked two of your favorites. I actually totally agree. These, these might be my two favorites. They're definitely two of my three or four favorites. So we are going to be talking about Treehouse of Horror 4, which is from season five and then Treehouse mm -hmm. of Horror five, which is from season six, because the first season of the Simpsons did not have a Treehouse of Horror special. The first one was in season two. Uh, yeah. So I want to uh, familiarize you with the listeners. So if you could please give us a lot of the, you know, on the show, we usually do the mouse more, but let's, let's, let's focus in on, on Springfield and give me your Mount Springfield more your Mount <laughs> Simpsons more your Mount, Mount Bartmore there you go yeah yeah give me your Mount Bartmore sure. so who you got and uh, so give me all four and, and and tell me why as well all right so starting out you have to have at least one Simpson on your Mount Bartmore and my favorite Simpson is Homer so Homer's on my Mount Bartmore he's uh I don't know man what can you what can you say about Homer Simpson he's I love him so much he's just so stupid uh, number two, probably my favorite Simpsons character overall, is uh, Sideshow Bob. 
course, Cape Fear is the all-time greatest episode of The Simpsons. Uh, that is not up for debate, so I don't want yeah. to hear it. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that, that'll that probably be the next episode of yeah. Disney Plus Plus Ben uh, Plus Dan Plus King Plus Kodos. Yeah, uh, that's such the, a good The episode. rake gag is, come on, the rake gag. It. The rake gag. The rake gag is so good that I have heard that type of visual bit referred to as a rake gag, you know, like I feel like it is one of those yeah. things where like it has become nomenclature. Yeah. Yep. Uh, breaking news really quick. The Rays just won game seven of the ALCS <laughs> and put down those damn dirty Astros. Get them out of here. The cheating those Astros. Dudes, they should not out. be allowed to play major league baseball. I, I do completely not agree. I completely agree. Every time George Springer hits a home run, I'm like, look at them Astros. I'm like, yeah, he should not be allowed to be in baseball. They shouldn't be in it. No, I completely anyway. agree. Back on topic. Uh, uh, so we got Homer, we got Bob. Uh, number three, a little bit of a wild card, uh, Lionel Hutz. Because I love this choice, and we're going to be talking about him today. I love yes. Lionel I, Hutz has the greatest batting average in the history of The Simpsons. In my heart of hearts, I believe that Phil Hartman is the funniest person who ever lived. I don't, um, I can't disagree with that opinion at all. I cannot I, even begin to disagree with that. If you've ever seen his like best of snl it the last sketch on it is just him and god i wish i could remember her name but she has also passed away it's just them dancing and it's like after this like hour and a half of just like the funniest comedy you've ever heard it's like this like really sort of weirdly not funny at all but still like heartfelt like it's one of my favorite snl sketches but uh so i, I prefer lionel hutz over um troy mcclure just by a little bit because of how completely absurd Lionel Hutz is yes and uh what is it no money down I it's <laughs> the absolute best uh number four I had a little trouble with this one because there's a lot of Simpsons characters that I love that maybe don't hit the heights of those three and I landed on Millhouse because I, I don't know pick. why I just I don't want to say I identify with Milhouse because he's such a loser. He's the dud. I don't want to be the dud, but <laughs> like the dud also, like we got the dud because of Milhouse, right? Um, right? And also when the Simpsons movie came out, I dressed as Milhouse to go to I remember the this. midnight. Yeah. I think it was a midnight premiere in the very least yeah. is when we all went and saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, my honorable mention was Chief Wiggum. I think I mentioned before we started recording that I think Chief Wiggum is maybe the most underappreciated character of the first few seasons. I think you're spot um, on there. But I went with Millhouse because I feel like it's you got a good spread. You got a Simpson, you've got um, you know, kind of a villain, you've got a random Springfieldian, and then you've got one of the school children. So that's that's my I love it. Mount, my Mount Bartmore. That's right a there. that's a great Mount Bartmore right there. I am I'm a big <laughs> fan of that, big time. Uh, well, great. Well, let's talk about Treehouse of Horror uh, episode, Treehouse of Horror 4. And then, so the way we're going to do this, and maybe this is confusing. I'm sorry, listener, if this is a dumb idea, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Treehouse of Horror 4. We're going to talk about our favorite parts, and then we're going to say our favorite quotes. And then we're going to talk about Treehouse of Horror 5, kind of same thing. And then we'll, uh, you know, give our closing thoughts. So in, in my head, that makes sense. So first, we're going to talk about Treehouse of Horror 4. Uh, if, if you haven't ever watched it before, I, I recommend stopping the podcast and, and watching it and then Absolutely. and listening. Cause I, I mean, uh, not that I don't think any of this can be spoiled, but like these are two of the funniest episodes of television ever produced. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're just selling yourself short if you don't. So it'll be worth it to see those jokes before we Yes. explain the it, jokes to you like a couple exactly. of hacks yeah 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 right right a uh, couple of cis hat straight white guys talking about the simpsons at you oh it's well just I mean, what you want yeah yeah i mean like yeah you know the famously non cis hat white guy simpsons writing room of the early 1990s so diverse so diverse whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 okay so um as is customary with the treehouse of horror franchise we start with uh, the Springfield Cemetery, and we have some grave gags. And uh, I wrote down some of my favorites, and I don't know if you did as well, but um, one of the first ones is Elvis Accept It, which Accept I, it. I found to be 
very funny and then also shockingly poignant yeah. in 2020 <laughs> where like you still have people who really, really think Tupac is alive and, and John and, you F. Know. Kennedy Jr. accept it. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Sorry, QAnon. Just just accept it, man. Um, he didn't come back today like y'all thought he would. He did. Sorry. He, he didn't. I'm so sorry. Or not sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then actually, uh, spot on uh a subtle political satire uh yeah that was a good one oh my gosh i loved that one and yeah it was just i will say and and i i tend to find that this is true about horror and comedy and this these two episodes are both i think that really really good comedy and really really good horror and i guess i should specifically say uh observational and satirical comedy uh there's a timelessness about them and what what they're what they're doing is like they're sticking your their fingers into your brain and hitting this like this lizard brain center thing and kind of like getting to the same points and i i did find that like again like elvis accepted a subtle political satire weirdly i mean i don't know i guess i should have done research this episode probably first (laughs) aired in like 1992 or something like that you know and like season five so 91 94, no, 94 no. i think 94. Oh, 89 right. was season one you're right so. you're right 94 okay but still you like like so so you know uh 26 years later right i'm bad at math uh that oh, yeah. this still holds up like like that's mm-hmm. that's incredible um there's also a couple more puns that i have to say really quick mount chocula graining mm-hmm. absolutely I, that's not even a pun that like <laughs> Count Chocula. I believe I think he said what Mount did I Chocula. Say? Oh, he said yeah. Mount. Hey, so I, okay. Before we get started, also I want I want the cool. audience to get to know you a little bit better. Who are your four faces on Mount Count Chocula War? Um, so okay, yes, Matt Count Chocula. Great. No, I said it again. Matt, not Mount. Matt Count Chocula grading, and then Conan twelve yeah. thirty NBC O'Brien. That's my favorite one because I I love Conan O'Brien so much. Conan 1230 NBC O'Brien. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so then we, we get Bart and he is going to, the framing device for this particular episode is that Bart's going to kind of show us these paintings, which are these still images that are going to tell us about the shorts. And we start with one of my two or three absolute favorite uh, Treehouse of Horror segments ever, which is The Devil and Homer Simpson. And the premise of this one is Homer signs his soul to the devil played by ned flanders which is just great casting and um <laughs> says like i will give my soul for a donut um and and then basically the fine print says i have your soul as soon as you eat the last bite of this he he stalls for a little bit doesn't eat the whole thing and then ends up eating it and uh, they end up in a in a court drama and so i don't know my my favorite parts of this particular one um I, I really loved it starts with a dream sequence where Homer is at a fashion show and yeah. it's like people who are donuts. And it, uh, that was wonderful. Flanders as the devil is just exceptional casting. I think for me, one of my favorite parts of Treehouse of horror is seeing who they're going to cast in weird places. And yeah. the way that it uses these familiar characters in unfamiliar ways. I love the, there is hell's ironic punishment division when homer goes to hell and man there's just this great scene where he's being like there this demon says like oh so you like donuts why don't you eat all of the donuts in the whole world and he's he's just taking them down like a champ um i totally love that and then my favorite part of this whole one is so it becomes a court thing so of course a member of your mount uh, what do we say, Mount Bartmore? Is that what we landed on? I think Bartmore uh, is what we landed on. Yeah, yeah Mount Bartmore. Uh, Lionel Hutz, uh, voiced by the late great Phil Hartman, shows up, and he is combing his hair with a, a dingle hopper. If I may make a Little Mermaid reference, he, he is using a fork to comb his hair, and it's just so unnecessary. And uh, so they they end up having this courtroom drama, and I, I don't know. I, those are my favorite little like bits of this, but gosh, it's just such a funny, weird. It, it's so economic too. I mean, like it's only like five or six minutes long, 
but it mm-hmm. takes up so much real estate in my head. I think about this short all of the time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the Treehouse of Horrors, they feel so much longer than they are. There are so many twists and turns in the stories. Like, well, we'll get to it later on, but I don't know, just this one, like, you you forget that, like, Homer, I always forget about the fashion show and then Homer actually going to hell. Like, all of that happens, and then we finally get to the courtroom part of it. It's almost like a microcosm of a full Simpsons episode where a lot of the best ones kind of start with some random plot thing that yes, they yes. managed to twist and turn and tie into the main thing. But like you can watch the first three or four minutes of a Simpsons episode and not have any idea where it's going to go. And they managed to squeeze that into the like seven or eight minutes of a single tree. Yeah, guys. it's, it's really, really stunning. impressive. I guess, I don't know. I was torn on whether or not I should bring this up in the, in the quotes or not, but I guess our conversation of this episode is probably not substantial enough if I don't go ahead and just bring up the jury of the damned who mm-hmm. is consists of Benedict Arnold, Lizzie Borden, Richard Nixon, who makes a point to say, I'm not dead yet. Uh, John Wilkes Booth, <laughs> Blackbeard the Pirate, John Dillinger, and the starting lineup of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers, a.k.a. Truly evil. Street Bullies. Truly I like go watch the uh, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 on them. I mean, like they truly were like, well, we knew we weren't good enough to beat the Montreal Canadians. So we just decided, what if we f- beat up all of their best players and, and <laughs> injured them? And they they won, I believe, back to back Stanley Cup titles or they were at least in back to back. I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time since I let part of my brain go over to hockey trivia. Yeah. In the 70s. But yeah, I think like mid 70s, they won two in a row. Yeah. No, it's, it's just uh, wild. Uh, so that that jury of the damned is great. And then, yeah, Lionel uh, Hutz trying to trying to argue with the devil. Just wonderful. <laughs> the contract is unbreakable. Yes. Yes. Unbreakable. Yes. It, it is very like Jerry Seinfeld almost. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's he's like, um, Webster's Dictionary defines a contract as a legal agreement that is unbreakable. Unbreakable. Oh, so good. Uh, So then after that, we have terror at five and a half feet, which is, so one of the kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is not quite the right use of the word, but like genre of Treehouse of Horror episode is like shot for shot, super condensed parody spoof of Mm -hmm. a movie or of a thing. And this one is a, a, a reference to the Twilight Zone movie, uh, the last yeah. segment of the Twilight Zone movie. Am I wrong that Shatner was the main actor of this one? Where like it's he, on the airplane? Shatner was the actor in the TV show. John John Lithgow was in the movie. I think I, I, I've right. never seen either, but no, no, no. You're you're totally right. You're spot on. So yeah, it was a re. So like that's you're absolutely right. So it's 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 actually it's a parody of a remake. Um, because there's this very famous Twilight Zone, I guess sketch isn't the right word because it's not comedy, uh, but segment short segment where there is this man who's on an airplane. He thinks he sees a gremlin on the airplane. He freaks out and everybody is like, oh my gosh, you're losing your mind. But then it turns out he was right, but also at the same time ends up getting carted off to a mental hospital. Uh, this one, as much as I love this episode, um, this is my least favorite of the three for mm-hmm. sure. Um, there's some really funny bits, but like, I, I do think this is one of those rare instances where like, again, I think this is funny and I like it. I would rather this Treehouse of horror would have broken from formula format and just had two and had a little bit more of the first one and a little bit more of the third one. Cause that's how good the first and the third one are. With just those two, it would be the all time greatest. Right. I, without a question, I think without debate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so, you know, this is funny. So like basically Bard is convinced there's a gremlin uh, trying to tear about the school bus. There's some really great stuff. My personal favorite part is at one point in time, uh, Ned Flanders, who, you know, was the (laughs) devil in the last segment, uh, saves this little uh, demon goblin gremlin thing. And then uh, at, at the very end, we see a decapitated Ned Flanders give the line, 
Hidely ho, Bart. And it's like, it's his head and like part of his spine dangling out. It's some of the goriest animation. It really is. They would never is. do that now. They would absolutely it's, not. It's they wouldn't even consider bad. it. Um, but that moment alone makes the whole short worth it for me. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's some really good one, like good moments in this. Like, I don't want to sound like I don't like it because I definitely do. Uh, I, yeah. I think one of my favorite parts uh, is, I mean, I guess it's also kind of best quotes, but like whenever they first, when all the kids on the bus first think that the gremlin is on there, uh, Ralph Wiggum with just a, you know, Ralph Wiggum, <laughs> what a batting average for my guy, Ralph Wiggum. Um, I just love the line. Uh, You're deceptive. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> so straightforward. But Bart's like, you got to believe me. You got to believe me. It's out there. Uh, I don't know anything in particular to say about this one. I, it, it's, I don't quite want to call it skippable. The problem is that it's yeah. sandwiched between such wonderful pieces of bread. Yeah, I would have put it first if I was ordering these. Like, I totally set, but, agree. I, um, what a what a tough act to follow that mm-hmm. it that it just came after the Devil and Homer Simpson. Could, yeah, it could have been a warm up. So one of my, I think my favorite joke in the whole episode, my or the whole segment might be uh, Martin's Wang computers shirt. This, oh. oh, this will take uh, this will take attention away from my T-shirt. Like, yes. he knows it was gonna get him bullied. Why even wear it? But yes. also. Wang computers how good is that yes and also like right on for martin as well too like yes. like uh like <laughs> yes i i do love that uh great visual gag there yes um okay so let's move on to the next segment which is bart simpson's dracula uh which uh at, at, i'll let you tell the joke that you said as we, we so, were watching it together this which, is stealing a joke from my favorite comical podcast war rocket ajax um but this is Bart Simpson's Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is spot on. Absolutely. I like your, they refer to the comic adaptation of that movie as Roy Thomas and Mike Mignola's Bram Stoker's, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Roy Thomas and Mike Mignola's Francis Ford Francis Coppola's, Coppola's Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. One of, my, you, one of my very favorite jokes. Have you ever watched that movie? I have that movie on Laserdisc. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that movie. It's so it's, weird. It's yeah. so... Like it might be one of the most aggressively directed films of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, like man, it's so it's so horny and like mm-hmm. gothic. I mean, hey, it's Dracula, horny and yeah, gothic. No, no, go. totally, totally. But like, man, it's wild. That's a crazy movie. Arguably one of the closest adaptations of all the movies, and that's a low bar because Dracula movies are usually like adaptation. But I mean, I love Keanu as John- Dracula. Like He's 1992, Keanu so couldn't good. couldn't quite get rid of that Keanu ness. I love it. I love that movie. It's so bizarre. It's, really it's so bizarre. So this this short's great because you know, I, like I said, one of my favorite things about Treehouse of Horror episodes is finding out how they're going to cast our famous, you know, our favorite Springfield characters mm-hmm. in horror settings, and. Monty Burns as Dracula is like the yes. most yadoy casting <laughs> possible. And yet, I mean, this is, we are now four Treehouse of Horrors into this and we hadn't seen him as a vampire yet, you know? Yeah. So what a great use of this. I also will say this one, it does kind of like, it, it pretends that it's like totally uh, Br- Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, but like there's also <laughs> definitely some Lost Boys and a, a couple of other little yeah. moments in there as well. Um, I think my favorite part of this entire segment comes pretty early on when there's a news broadcast and uh, Chief Wickham says, we think we're dealing with a supernatural being, most likely a mummy. As a result, (laughs) we've ordered the destruction of the Egyptian wing of the Springfield Museum. (laughs) So funny. He's like, no, it's Nosferatu. (laughs) Yes. That's what I'm yeah lisa goes on one of her super mansplaining uh monologues about yeah how they're wrong but i just i find that bit to be truly phenomenal great police work by by, it's why uh, chief wiggum is number five on my no no no. it is like so stupid a cab except for chief wiggum minus chief wiggum (laughs) because he's so bad at it that should be a whole new meme like a whole a whole subgenre of of protest sign 
<laughs> oh my gosh i think we might have stumbled upon something but yeah so i think <laughs> um i just love uh you know the simpsons showing up at this you know what i love about the treehouse of horror it's, it's such a great device it's kind of crazy to me that more series haven't tried to ape this concept is like mm-hmm. what if our characters but dropped in this slightly more fantastic setting you oh. know and so like what i love is like the idea of like homer who is just you know uh, this golden retriever of a man <laughs> um at this spooky mansion with this guy who's clearly a vampire whose shadow is like doing a yo-yo while he's walking <laughs> away and you know I, I i love those moments that's what i love so much about these I love that, uh, you know, Bart and Lisa are, are pretty suspicious. Lisa's extremely suspicious. I love when we find the uh, the vampire's quarters, you know, it says like no garlic on like a neon sign. Yeah. And then I think one of the funniest visual gags of the whole episode is this book that says, yes, I am a vampire <laughs> by Monty Burns, forward by Steve Allen. I, I, love, I love Steve Allen jokes in The Simpsons. I never... I never saw a single like Tonight Show with Steve Allen or anything, but just the idea of Steve Allen being the punchline to a joke is same, same. endlessly funny to me. Yeah, yeah. I I do think that that's a weird one where like the 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 Simpsons are such a like such a an establishment. There's such a force in comedy. Such a you know like I honestly like I think of like saturday night live and the simpsons as these two like institutions maybe even is like the right word that like as as a millennial there are some of these runners in like season like three four five of the simpsons where i'm like i don't get that at all i have to go on wikipedia to like yeah it's because like oakley and weinstein were so into like old tv in 1992 yes that like they like made these jokes a part of the Simpsons. So people our age are like, ha, Steve Allen, even though we've never seen a bit of Steve Allen comedy. But like then 30 years further down the road, it's like, man, now this is a really, it really old niche. joke. It, yeah, because like these two Gen Xers who are like the showrunners, like even for them, it was pretty niche. You know, like it's right. really like- It would it's be these, like, like you and I being into like, like really into Johnny Carson jokes. You retired yes. from the yes. Tonight Show when we were exactly, three years exactly. old. Yeah, like honestly, it's, it, and I think it does, you know, maybe we'll talk about this, you know, as we talk about The Simpsons on some of these episodes, but I do think that like a part of what, why The Simpsons was this crazy, just like monoculture smash hit for several years and why it still lingers even though it's dipped in quality <laughs> is lingers. that is that like uh yeah it lingers <laughs> um is that it was tapping into humor of like the marx brothers mm-hmm. and also very cutting edge satire and so it was like you had the greatest generation the lost generation boomers and gen xers and then y- even young millennials who are like kind of all being spoken to at the same time and you know i i do think that some of these treehouse of horrors episodes are some of the best examples of that and yeah uh you know so i i i guess back to uh the simpsons dracula or bart simpsons dracula uh there so basically they all end up becoming vampires and it culminates on (laughs) i think i think one of the all time i don't even know how it would begin to do a list of this but i do think one of the all-time funniest simpsons moments ever ever uh which is all of they're sitting around the breakfast table everyone is a vampire they're all starting to like float in the air and lisa is like well but i'm not a vampire we killed the head vampire marge says like oh well I, you know, actually, I'm the head vampire. You know, I'm I'm life outside of this family. And, Good march. Oh, thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> but so they're they're all floating. They're all about to kill Lisa, and uh, then they like they all like turn to camera and say, "Happy Halloween, everybody!" And then snow starts to fall. Yeah, and they start to sing "Hark the Herald." And, no, no, you're doing, you're doing, um, uh, you're doing old Lang Syne. Oh, that's the song they sing, though. Oh, they don't do Hark the Herald Angels Sing? 
Uh, I think. <laughs> it, well, I th- in the Charlie Brown Christmas special, they do Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I don't know. We should look at it. definitely up. aping Charlie Brown. Because but doesn't, because uh, doesn't Santa's Little Helper, Santa's come, out little helper and, comes out and dances yeah. as Snoopy and Milhouse comes Milhouse out as... It is, it is distractingly funny. It's so funny mm-hmm. that like, it's good that it's the end of the episode because <laughs> I can't stop laughing. And yeah, I mean that's that's Trioso Horror Four, and that is one of the best episodes of television that has ever been put out. It's uh, like they made everyone vampires, and they don't know how to end it, so they just shrug their shoulders and go, "Okay, here you go." But in my opinion, truly. Christmas starts on November first, so as soon as Halloween is over, it's Christmas time. I there agree. With, I, I agree with both opinions. Yeah, I like this. There a you lot. go. The Halloween like episode is over. Let's sing a Christmas. <laughs> Let's sing song. a Christmas song. It it is weirdly like yeah, exactly. It's funny, but it is also kind of weirdly true. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about some of our favorite quotes from this episode. Um, one of my favorite uh, quotes is when when Ned Flanders shows up as the devil in Homer's um, office, you know, console area. Um, Burns and Smithers are watching on the camera and uh, Burns says, who's that goat legged fellow? I like the cut of his jib. And then Smithers says, uh, Prince of Darkness, sir. He's here 11 o'clock. And I just think that's so funny. Um, I love uh, well, we already said it, but Lionel Hutz, it deserves an encore. Lionel Hutz Webster's defines a contract as an agreement under the law that is unbreakable. Unbreakable. Oh, unbreakable. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then I also love uh, in between segments when they have all these paintings, Homer has this very upstagey, almost obnoxious moment where there's like the fo- there's the painting of the dogs playing poker and he's like, they're dogs <laughs> and they're playing poker. And I will tell you, I think of this in my head as a Homer Simpson moment, not like super regularly, but occasionally. And I would not have been able to tell you that it was a treehouse of horror moment. I think I would have told you like, oh yeah, Homer buys a painting or something like that. It's just got no connection to the rest of the episode at all. At all. One-off joke. Just free-floating. Do you have more quotes from Devil and Homer? I I have one more, but you you give me some of yours. I was going to say, I I only have, you pretty much said the big ones, the Lionel Hutz, uh, like the cut of his jib. But the one that sticks in my mind, and it's not a favorite quote, it might be my least favorite joke. It's such a groaner, but Marge is handing out chairs to the evil jury, and she has to give uh, Blackbeard Maggie's high chair, and he sits in and he goes, "Arg, this chair is high, says I. And I just, I roll <laughs> my eyes every time. Like, it is. That joke stinks. It does it's not a favorite quote, but it sticks in my head. I yeah. always know it's coming. I'm like, oh man, what a groaner! In a way that I kind of appreciate, though. Yeah, like, it's because they know they yeah. like these are great comedy writers. They know that joke's trash. They still <laughs> stuck it in there. And then uh, I have uh, it, it, it's it's in the vampire episode. It's when Bart's floating and like trying to bite Lisa. Uh, Grandpa comes in and says. Uh, we have to kill the boy. And then Marge says, how did you know he was a vampire? And then he says, what? He's a vampire? Ah! <laughs> and runs away. Just a great Abe Simpson moment. That is a good one. Yeah, so I, I just absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, so that's Treehouse of Horror 4. And then uh, normally I think, I don't know, we'll probably find some segments to do. We'll talk about this more. But uh, for, for now, instead, we're just going to talk about another episode of The Simpsons. So we're going to talk about Trioso Horror 5. And uh, again, we're going to talk about our favorite parts and our co- favorite quotes. Uh, yeah, so Trioso Horror 5, it, the intro is insane. It starts with kind of a parody of... So, okay, so when, C- when, when Trioso Horror 1 aired... I guess the network was like really concerned mm-hmm. about how it was going to be perceived. And then Treehouse of Horror 2 comes out and Marge, it starts with Marge like addressing the audience and basically being like, this is really scary. And, and it's this weird thing to me because I've never thought of The Simpsons as a children's television show right. at 
all. I've always yeah. thought of it as adult animation. I've always thought of it as more adult than like Bob's Burgers. I mean, like, like it is like truly an adult animated show that like I wasn't allowed to watch until I was probably 12. And like, as a parent, I kind of stand by that decision. Like, I don't think anybody younger than like, I don't know. Sorry if I sound like a narc, like probably nobody like younger than like fifth or sixth grade really needs to see it. There are sex jokes. There's like, also like a lot of the jokes are like totally miss for somebody who's at a certain age. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think they would appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I, I always have thought that these, that the, like the nods to like, well, these episodes these horror episodes are so inappropriate so weird so it's to bed yes put your kids to bed uh and so i do like that this one starts with like it you think marge is going to address the audience and then it just turns into absolute chaos (laughs) bart is talking through the television it's it's so wild and and then this one i think this is really interesting so this is trioso four or five so this is you know, because of how numbers work, this is the fifth time they've done this. And I do think that what's really interesting is this is the time where they start to like really deconstruct what they've been doing because they start mm-hmm. with making fun of Marge. Then they go to this weird, you know, like the TV's talking to you thing. And then when we get the cemetery gag, the only tombstone is amusing tombstones. And it's yeah. very much like, yeah we are laying to rest the gag. Which, all the jokes we had for this. We're done now. If you want a metaphor for what the Simpsons has become, <laughs> look no further than the fact that in season 30, they're doing novelty tombstones. But in season six, they were like, well, we can't keep doing novelty tombstones. You know, right. like, like that is it in a nutshell right there. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I did like, that intro was it's weird but it's cool and i do like that they're kind of like yep it's here we go again here's another one and then my my favorite there weren't as many to me funny punny names but i did love count greg daniela uh mm-hmm. being greg daniels um and i i like that one a lot that, that one is fun yeah that was the only one that stuck out to me from this i mean you got the classic like sam sayonara simon and james hellbrooks but... james hellbrooks is pretty yeah. hard to yeah I, I don't think he ever changes it because he hasn't actually done any work on the simpsons in forever uh, since, since like the the famously the you are lisa simpson that was like the last yeah. time that james hellbrooks actually <laughs> contributed which is like season four i think yeah. um Right, right around there. I don't know. The, with Lisa it was Simpson. early for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, come on the pod, James L. Brooks. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the first one is The Shinning. And this is another one of those ones that is pretty much like a shrink ray. You know, um, can we tell the plot of a Stephen King novel? Can we tell the plot of a, you know, two and a half hour long uh, Stanley Kubrick film in, in eight minutes kind of movies? or well shorts um i i do really like it it has this good gag at the beginning which is they're they're on their way to the hotel and they keep getting stalled for a different reason it's kind of like homer you remember to lock the front door right and then it's like two days later and they're like whoa that's been a really long ride and and then it, it it comes to like lisa ends up going hey uh we left grandpa at that last gas station and then there's Stone just silent. silence <laughs> they just keep too bad running. so good um i i love um the use of burns and smithers in this one because yeah it doesn't feel that different than a normal burns smithers usage like <laughs> i it just kind of feels like burns wants to pay the simpson family money to to do something he doesn't want to do and it's a little bit evil and so i do think that it's kind of extra funny because it's like yeah i mean like it's treehouse of horror so we know that the stakes are going to get elevated but like kind of like you said this doesn't feel that different than like the start of just a simpsons episode yeah it really (laughs) doesn't and i like that a lot uh, I do love when the elevator doors open up and uh, they're like, uh, oh, that's odd. Usually the blood gives off on the second floor. <laughs> that's a good one. 
so good. Um, we were watching The Shining a couple weeks ago, and at that scene, I just, I definitely like made that joke. Yes. Oh, good for you. It's just like <laughs> my wife is like, what? Yes. <laughs> That's what an odd reference. Uh, so uh, we find out that Bart has the shinning. Uh, which means he what can you mean shining thoughts. No, do you want to get sued? And <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to this because I think this is a funny joke, but I actually think it's an even funnier joke and I might be reaching, but I have a theory on why it's actually maybe even funnier than it initially I thought it was. Okay. Am I crazy or Maggie spelling red rum with blocks? Does this, treehouse of horror short stay in my consciousness like does this have so much real estate in my head that that's the only time that happens or does maggie do that another time throughout the simpsons i do not know because i weirdly have this memory of another moment where maggie is playing with blocks or like Maybe another baby is playing with blocks and spells out red rum. But I am super willing to admit that, like, that's how iconic this Treehouse of Horror segment is. That, like, it just lingers in my head as, as something that happens. I Googled it and I'm not, hang on a second. Because, like, okay, like, there's, there's one, there is one b plot where that's a parody of the great escape where Mm -hmm. maggie leads it like an escape of a daycare and i weirdly am like but i think i'm i think i'm probably just like doing that thing where like your brain kind of combines two things i don't know i guess my point is maggie spelling out red rum on the blocks that's like super iconic and like yeah uh just a great moment it's funny it's cute it's very simpsons and it's like a background and almost throwaway thing that they don't point to at all, which totally. is one of the best things The Simpsons does is like sign gags and that kind of thing. It's just like you have to watch it once or twice. Like you have to Absolutely. really watch it. Yes. You have to watch it once. Duh. Yeah, but yeah. you have to pay attention. You have to catch it. She's like, yep, this restaurant's called the Frying Dutchman. You know, like, and like it just, mm-hmm. I, just move on. Wait, yeah. how is the Frying Dutchman? Oh yeah! No, I'm kidding. I no, 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 no. But but like that's what it does. Like that's like, <laughs> right, right. You just you you just were all of us watching The Simpsons. Yeah. I feel like I had uh, one of those recently where I got a Simpsons joke for the first time, but I can't think of it. I mean, I feel like every time I go back and rewatch the first eight or nine seasons, I mm-hmm. I find two or three where I'm like, that is truly brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites that that doesn't even fall under this category, but that just always sticks with me is and i actually think it might be from a later season it's like one of the better but like dr masseuse is at like a like there's like a beauty salon and there's like a children's portion and there's <laughs> dr masseuse and i i think that that's one of the funniest i love that i just i that that's pretty good it hits me where i live um so yeah so so homer starts losing his mind because he can't have tv and beer and uh he's he's you know, he, he loses and he starts trying to kill everybody. And then I think the best gag of this particular segment is the uh, the play on here's Johnny. Because it's like, here's Johnny. And you're like, okay, yeah, they, they have to do that one. And then it's mm-hmm. David Letterman. <laughs> and then it's like the entire... Andy Rooney, I'm whoever yes. else. It's 60 minutes. It's 60 minutes. Uh, that That's a great one. Hi, uh, Andy. I'm Grandpa. <laughs> one of i wanted before we move past the here's johnny moment one of the most impressive things about this episode is like it's such a, a close parody of the shining that there's a scene where he pulls the axe back and swings it like three or four times and the camera follows it and it's the exact same thing that they actually do in the shining like it's like a shot for shot really well directed and yeah. it's like they did not have to do that they did not have to put the work. Very good on that. point. Very good point. Uh, and and we, I think I I think that what we will touch on is that this particular episode is especially well directed. I mean, like that this one is really really impressive from a direction standpoint. Uh, I guess we did kind of step over that uh, 
groundskeeper Willie gets stabbed in the back with an axe the first mm-hmm. of three mm-hmm. times because uh, all yeah. comedy happens in three. Um, and then and then the other really great joke from this one to me is uh, uh, Marge calls into the police station. Uh, My husband is on a murderous rampage. <laughs> and then police chief Wiggum says, oh, uh, or, and then says over because she's on a walkie talkie. And then and then police chief Wiggum says, oh, thank God that's over. And that's so good. That's so good. Uh, any other parts of that particular one that we have to talk about? Oh man, just Homer about to kill his family and Lisa pulls up the the portable TV and he stops and they sit there and freeze to death and the Tonys come on and they go insane anyway. Yeah, so good. Uh, So this next one is probably the best Treehouse of Horror segment of all time. Or, I am very tempted to agree. It's it's got to be on the the short 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 list. Top uh, three, yeah, no question. Yeah. It, I I think if you made me like right now answer, I'd say it's my favorite. Um, time and punishment. It it starts with it's just gosh the whole thing is just brilliant. It starts <laughs> with Homer just saying like I love my family. Everybody's so great. Everything's so wonderful. Hey hey dad, your hand's stuck in the toaster. Ah, and he just screams and i think that it is oh my gosh it's just so funny it's it's visual but it's also very auditory i mean like uh dan castellaneta castell castellaneta yeah uh he him i mean like it's easy to to overstate it because it's so obvious but him as Homer Simpson is the all-time great voice acting performance mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like like sorry uh Mel Blanc as as Bugs like you know like it, 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 that I, it's it's Homer Simpson. It's the the all-time great voice acting performance. And this Homer's is, screams here are just a thing of beauty. Uh, yeah. Like it's just it's Between hard to explain. The shrieks and yes. the like, yeah, like the babbling, it's all it's yeah, and then the sound design oh, of the toaster just getting getting banged against the counter. Mm-hmm. All this is just absolutely flawless. I absolutely love it. So then Homer takes this broken toaster down into the basement, and he fixes it, and he adds a bunch of weird tubes and stuff, and he creates... Well, he has the right tools, of course. Oh, right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Maybe that's a... No patience that's and the Maybe... right tools. I might be able to fix this. He takes a rock and bashes it. Bash it. And, then, and then creates a time machine. And right. It's just such a great premise for an episode that Homer Simpson accidentally builds a time machine out of a toaster and um, great Sherman and Peabody nod. Uh, He goes back to the Donna time and I'll let you have this one, but there is another, and this is going to sound okay. Like I think the problem is we picked two of the best episodes of the best TV show ever. So I keep saying things like, this is literally one of the best moments of the whole show. Right. But I mean that. Like, right. we could talk about four seasons of the show, and I might only say it three more times. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest Simpson jokes ever happens because Homer travels back in time, and he remembers the advice that his father gave him on his wedding night. If you ever go back in time, <laughs> don't touch anything. <laughs> if I ever have kids and they ever get married, I am telling all of you right now, anyone who <laughs> listens to this podcast needs to hold me to this. I will work that into my speech at my child's wedding. It's so funny. Like, it's so funny. my wife will say, don't go to bed angry. <laughs> support each other and i'll be like if you ever go back in time do not touch anything and it it shows abe in like his thought bubble wearing like a cheesy tuxedo it is an all-time top 10 simpsons joke and you're right we've it feels like too much to say that in our first episode but it's it so truly funny. is an all-time top because it, it's even better than the the Charlie Brown Christmas ending from the last mm-hmm. one, which is crazy. Because most most TV shows 
the that Charlie Brown ending would be like the crowning achievement. This bit is so funny. And and then the whole rest of the episode is Homer accidentally messing up time. Mm-hmm. And um, he accidentally creates this weird like 1984 sci-fi dystopia where Ned Flanders is big brother and uh, he knows he has to fix it. So there's this great gag where he's he's running from these attack dogs and he pulls out like a like cartoonish like chain of of sausage links Mm -hmm. and he's like oh i know what to do if i eat these wieners i'll i'll have strength and speed to outrun these dogs instead of and then it works and then it works that's the funniest part of the whole thing is it works he's suddenly running faster and he gets away from the dog oh my gosh uh, then he goes back. Uh, you remarked the T-Rex looks really fantastic yeah. in this. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, all the dinosaurs do, but the like T-Rex. one looks- off, they did not have to put in that work. Just a single shot of a T-Rex. And like, I would watch that cartoon of those yeah. dinosaurs. They put in that much work that they could be like the focus. But yeah. they're just basically background scenery. Back no, I totally agree. Uh, then he sneezes and kills off all the dinosaurs, which ends up making the perfect timeline. He he comes out. He's in a bigger house. His family is rich. Uh, Aunt Patty and Aunt Selma are dead. They're about to go to their funeral. <laughs> and uh, and Marge asks, like, what do you would want for breakfast? And he's like, a donut. And they're all like, donuts? What are donuts? <laughs> and then he, he, he freaks out too fast. And then it starts raining donuts. Outside, it's literally like cloudy little chance of meatballs, raining donuts, and then and Marge is like, "Oh, it's raining again!" Oh my gosh! It there, so there was a viral tweet going around a couple of weeks ago that was like, "What in what movie would you save a character from their horrible fate?" And it's like, you know, who dies that you would save, like Drew Barrymore and Scream or whoever. I I joked that my answer was Slimer because obviously Slimer died at some point. In Ghostbusters. <laughs> but my true answer is that I would make sure that Homer stays in this timeline. <laughs> he deserves it's, it. It's man. so upsetting that he leaves. Like, no, Homer, you were so close. Yes, yes. It, it is, it is, it makes you sad for Homer Simpson. <laughs> uh so then, you know, he messes around some more timelines. Eventually we end up at one that looks about like regular, but everybody has reptile tongues, and uh he goes, eh. Close enough. And, and that is the end of the short, which is, I just think it's brilliant. It's so perfect. Yeah. I think about this one a lot. I think of uh, that moment where it rains donuts and then Marge is like, it's raining again. I think of that moment <laughs> so often. I can't explain why, but that one pops in my head a lot. Uh, yeah, so the next segment um it, this one I think also suffers from sequencing. I think mm-hmm. this one should have been first or even second. Time and punishment is too hard of an act to follow, and I think they yeah. should have recognized it. But so we have Nightmare Cafeteria. It's a really fun one. I mean, it's it's it's. I think the problem with this one is it's very one note. The premise is the teachers of the school start eating the kids the cafeteria is like cannibalistic and it's serving the kids as food and it never really evolves beyond that point which isn't a criticism it's funny it's gory in a really great way there's some really great gags like i like very early on jimbo who's such a jerk gets like some sauce spilled on him and like skinner like very inappropriately like walks (laughs) up and starts like you know like running his finger on him and tasting him and licking him and um, I think probably one of my favorites is that when Uter, the German foreign exchange student, disappears, they immediately have an Oktoberfest and they start serving Uterbraten. And Skinner has like this great like sequence of like self-owning jokes where he's like, I've got a gut feeling that Uter's still with us. And, like eventually it's something like you might say that we've all digested Uter and he's in our stomachs right now. And then, like, he laughs a little too hard, and then he goes, scratch that one. <laughs> like, forget, that, forget that last part. Forget that last part. It's, uh, yeah, no. So it, it's a funny premise, but it is kind of one note. But I think what rules about it is the ending, which is, and, and then here's the problem. The problem is time and punishment could have still had the same ending, 
because it's basically Bart wakes up from the from what happened and it's a nightmare. And it could have been Homer wakes up and it was a nightmare, you know, or comes and, back from or comes back from time or whatever. Yeah. And there's this this poisonous gas that turns everybody inside out and puts your skeleton on the inside or on the outside. And it is so gory. Yeah. There's so much blood and like the like everybody's muscles and eyeballs and Santa's little helper starts to eat Bart. And so here's I, I teased this a little bit early on, but I actually think that maybe the second most brilliant joke of the whole episode, because obviously the advice on your wedding night is never going to be topped. Um, I think that low key, the second funniest joke of the whole episode is that the whole first segment is called the shinning because they don't want to get sued. And yet they proceed to do a note for note parody of one from the musical, a chorus line, which is teased on the TV radio at the end of the shinning as the musical number that's being performed at the Tony awards. Right. And I, I think it's pretty hilarious that like, they won't just call it the shining or it's the shinning, but then they're, they're going to go ahead and do this like weird Al style parody of one. I I like that as a bookend to the episode. Yeah. Like that we started with like, well, we don't want to get sued. And then the, the ending is just like, we're just doing a chorus line, but with (laughs) inside out bodies. And that's that. And I, I like that as a, as a bookend. And I like that just as a gag in general. It's it's almost like a mirror image of the end of the last Trios of Horror, where like we went from this Halloween short to like nice pleasant Christmas music. This yes. one is like it's Halloweeny, and we're gonna crank it up. To, like it's gonna be, it's like this weird random ending that came out of nowhere. But it's like rather than like moving over to Christmas and getting pleasant, it's like it cranks it up to eleven. Like no, it's really unpleasant now. Yeah, it's really gory really gory i mean like i loved it like i i I thought it was great but i mean like it's like almost like like santa's little helper drags bart away and there's just a trail of blood across the yes yes and they make a joke about it in the lyrics of the song it's like something like and he's gonna eat bart's intestine and like yeah it, it it is really graphic it's like almost like anime gory i mean like like it like for american animated television it's actually okay like pre-adult swim because don't forget this predates adult swim by like almost 10 years you know um pre-adult swim this had to have been the goriest american animated tv thing for years i guess ren and stimpy has some pretty gory stuff but i don't know is ren and stimpy gory or i guess more gross gross. you're right i mean like when you're talking about blood and guts and muscle and like yeah so i i thought this segment was pretty impressive and pretty cool for that reason alone i i really liked it a lot so that's treehouse of horror five did you have any other like best moments that you had to before we move on to quotes uh no i don't think so yeah that last one's pretty straightforward but again it's yeah, still it's... really enjoyable it's still like mm-hmm. i still really like it um any other season it probably would have been one of the better ones but it... yeah yeah i mean these days it would like almost definitely be the best one although i actually will say i think that look they're not doing like big swings on gore and stuff like that anymore i actually tend to think of the later seasons like the more current seasons they they do tend to step it up a little bit for Treehouse of Horror. I, I have felt like that. I've watched, I feel like I've watched some of the recent ones and they're all right. But I what I've noticed about, and this is getting a little off topic, but recent Simpsons, which I don't ever watch, but I do like the Facebook page. I feel like every episode they advertise is some weird concept thing where it's like, oh, the Simpsons are- All Legos. Or pilgrims like, now, or I don't yeah. know, whatever. And it's like, so it's almost like they only want to do Treehouse of Horrors, so their Treehouse sure. of Horrors should be that much better. Yeah, and I and I mean, like, I will say that, like, I still think, much like the rest of the show, the best Treehouse of Horror episodes are, like, in the first probably 10 seasons or so, but, like, um, I, I do think they tend to, but that's a really good point. 
they i think that like they're doing a lot of like high concept stuff now which is weird because the, sh- the show was never high concept it was right. like a, a take on the american sitcom and uh i do think that the best moments of the last few seasons what i tend to do is i'll i'll actually like when i'm answering emails and things like that i'll just turn on hulu on autoplay and just hit a new season of the simpsons and every time it catches my eye almost every time it's it's a treehouse of war episode i'm like oh that was a pretty funny segment um so my favorite quotes on this one um i love in the shinning lisa has uh mom is dad gonna kill us and then marge just goes we'll just have to wait and see uh great great line um i i love uh homer i should have written it down i don't have the exact quote but when he first goes back in time he goes like oh i've gone back in time back before dinosaurs were confined to cages. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't ever a time. Uh, really great. Um, uh, oh, okay. This is not just a great quote from this episode. This is an all time. I know, like, look, these, I can't say it enough. I'm, I'm prone to hyperbole, but these are two of the best episodes of this whole show. I think this is a top 10 all time Marge Simpson quote, which is, Look, kids, you're eight and 10 years old. I can't be fighting all of your battles for you. In response to the teachers are eating children and serving them Mm -hmm. in the cafeteria. (laughs) It is so good. It is a great, like, oh my God. Like, as a parent, why would she react like that? As a parent, I, I like, I felt it so hard. Like, I swear, my four year old sometimes will say stuff and be like, look, you're four, get a job. Like, like, come <laughs> on. Like, uh, and then uh, I, I just, I guess I wrote, um, well, that's, that's my last quote, quote, because I, I did just make sure to make a note that I, I just think that chorus line callback is really mm-hmm. fantastic. And, uh, I, I guess I, I especially love that, like, the idea that them sitting in the in the snow being forced to watch a chorus line drove them insane, and then choosing to end the whole episode on that. Yeah, is, it, it, it's a good move. It's a really good move. So yeah, Tree also or four and five. Um, any closing thoughts? I mean, they're just they're great episodes of a great TV show. Yeah. Um... I think they're easily the two best Treehouse of Horrors. They're two of the best Simpsons, period. Which, I mean, when we look at the seasons five and six, the the Dave Merkin years, those are my favorite seasons, pretty much. He's five, five and six are big. I mean, I I, like, I, I, I personally struggle to differentiate five through eight. There's There's four straight years there where I kind of struggle to tell you which I like the best, it, it, what has the best batting average, whatever. But I, I do feel like on both sides of five and eight are, uh, and, and, and to be clear, I mean, like I think three and four have like a lot of really awesome, great classic episodes, but I, I do yeah. feel like right around five is when the show realizes how silly it can get. Mm-hmm. And then right around eight, is when the show taps out on how silly it can get without getting high concept, without getting too like adventure of the week. Wouldn't it be crazy? Yeah. And yeah. I, what I, happened if Homer did this? Right, right. So yeah, I feel, I, th- I feel like five through eight, man. Uh, yeah. So you're right. I mean, like, like these are, well, and they've done Treehouse of Horror a couple of times. I mean, like that first Treehouse of Horror, you know, maybe so that we don't come across as just absolute glowing fanboys i love that first tree house of horror but it's pretty wonky it like like it's clunky yeah. and like um i feel like they felt they brought in james earl jones james earl jones we forgot to say it Ma- maggie at right. when she kills groundskeeper willie this uh, is a disturbing yeah there's one event. line of james earl jones uh i think they felt like oh well we've got james earl jones we have to use james earl jones they overused him in that first one you know um it yeah the first one's kind of kind of weird they, yeah they, they didn't know what it was like, yet, for sure like they've got the raven one and it's really cool it's i think it's i think it's probably my wife's favorite treehouse thing because she's not the biggest simpsons fan because it's such a cool concept but it's not you know 
funny at all. It's just like I totally agree. Like it's as just like, like a recite, uh, it's just as the an Simpsons do the Raven. English major, I love that one. But I t- yeah, you just you just hit the nail on the head. It's like it's a cool thing, but it's not that funny. It's like it's right. it's like it honestly almost feels like something. Like if you told me like, oh yeah, that wasn't actually from an episode of Simpsons. That was something that Matt Groening did in in like uh, in tandem with Book It or like right. or like <laughs> like Read America or something like that. You know, like I'll, <laughs> I'll say though, we were singing Dan Castellaneta's praises earlier. The funniest thing about that short is Dan Castellaneta as Homer, just like freaking out reading The Raven. He he performs totally extremely agree. well. I totally agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 he sells it the most, uh, for sure. But yeah, so I don't know. Uh, next, we'll probably just talk about some of our favorite episodes. But since it was Halloween, mm-hmm. I felt like we had to talk about some Treehouse of Horror. Maybe we'll totally. be back next year with our uh, our runners up. Uh, I know I really like Seven a lot specifically. Yeah, that's the next one for me. Don't blame six me. Is I, a, I voted six is a Kodos. weird dip. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking through the list today and it was like four and five are my favorites. And then seven is excellent. Six was good. A little bit of a dip. Yeah. Definitely not a contender. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, uh, Dan, thank you. Uh, I, I don't know when we'll do the next uh, episode of, of Disney plus plus Ben plus Dan plus Kang plus Kodos, but we will. And uh, I, I let's go ahead and just say it's going to be Cape fear. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it might as well be. As yeah. Well. Let's, yeah, let's do Cape Fear. Yeah, I'm very excited. All right, well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And thank you for uh, me. the internet, thanks for listening. And bye. Bye. <laughs>